All right, all right, all right. All right, here we go. This is great stuff here. This is great stuff. This is a clean the boards, a CTB special here. We're going to have back-to-back specials this week. Wow, what a time to be alive. So the plan here, right, so this is the CC ball special, the tie a bow and the whole era here. The plan here was to have a 15 to 20-minute interview with Coach Cohen. That turned out to be 45 minutes, but it's good stuff. You'll hear that. And then the first part of this show was supposed to be, you know, without Coach Cohen, it was supposed to be under half an hour. That was a plan. You hear us talking about that a couple times, but it turns out to be an hour and six minutes edited. Edited down an hour and six minutes, but also good stuff. So, yeah, it's a long episode, you know, strap in, but it's a special. And for those of you who have been with or around the CC Ball program, you will especially like this episode. There are a lot of F-bombs thrown out there towards the end of this first part, but that's okay. But that's okay. Turns out just, you know, part of the charm, part of the passion, the fiery aspect of the CC Ball program. And also, by the way, the graphic I put up there of the all-time childhood teams, like, wow, I didn't expect that to, like, take off and, like, you know, controversial and everything, but glad to see, you know, some of the former players getting after it. Um, great to see, great to see it there. Second bullet note, our March Madness special show is, of course, in two days' time, Wednesday night, um, March Madness right now. We have 100 people. We hit the 100 people mark in the Facebook group. We're still deciding what to do with the likes of, you know, George, Mayoni, Will Millette, Jason Smith, etc., but right now we have 37 brackets on the ESPN tournament group alone. That'll keep rising. You know, it's March. It's March, baby. It's March. The bracket is here. It's awesome to look at in all its glory. It's been two years since we've been able to see it. And so, wow, wow, wow. So just to keep the tradition of the show going, here's a little snippet of the March Madness theme song brought to you by our friends over at CBS. For your secrets of Concord, Carlisle. A sweater, a senior, Jordan Corbett. A junior, Quad Cassidy, guard, Liam Harrington. Another junior, another captain, Alex LeFever. A senior quad captain, number 10, Johnny Boyle. And a senior captain, number one, Tyler Gamow. All right, ladies and gentlemen, serious. The hype music of the Chicago Bulls of the 90s. There it is. Oh, yeah. For the audience that just listened to that, didn't know what it was, that's what we did in the offseason, get hyped for CC Ball over Xbox. Playing some serious. So, yeah, there's that. 
All right, so this segment. Patriots for Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah. I love doing Patriots Coca-Cola. Um, classic David Bell. Um, oh, I, I left this out of my top 10 preview, but I should have had David Bell announcing the starting lineup as a top 10. Mm, all right, yeah. I think that'll both be honorable mention for us because I didn't do any honorable mentions. All right, so yeah, that's a sneak peek. So this segment of the CTB CC Ball special is going to be quick history of our time with CC Ball, followed by giving our all-time lineups in our fandom and our childhood followed by our top 10 favorite moments of CC Ball. So this will hopefully be under half an hour, and then you're going to get to the listeners. You will get to hear our interview with Coach Cohen. So we'll just start off here. Quick history of our time with CC Ball. What was your first memory of CC Ball? Ooh. Well, I would say it was at the old high school mm. um, during the camp. There was all the great uh, kids. I remember Eric coaching me a little bit. Uh, Eric Salo, if the listeners don't know who that is, Gator Repair of the Year, a thousand point scorer. Um, and yeah, you know, just all the camp days, you know, growing up, being like, damn, I want to play sometime uh, for Coach Cohen in this team. And uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the first memories was the old high school, the old gyms. And my one lasting memory, early image, it was the lower, the lower gym where, you know, okay, yep. play like baseball. Coach Cohen was going around. We, we had a wreck too there. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did like way back in the day. Yeah. Yep. Damn. Damn. Um, and we were doing like off the glass drip, off the glass shots. And Coach Cohen was like, wow, you like that off the glass shot, that bank shot. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. And, you know, he told me the thing about if you're from the right-hand side, you shoot like directly off the glass. If you're from the left-hand side, you have to be like more up on the backboard, like a weird thing. Um, if you're a righty shooter, that is. Um, but yeah, that was my sort of first early camp days. And that leads us into like the prime camp days, I would say. Those early days at the old high school um, when like Coach Jonkis, when he was Coach Jonkis still, not athletic director Jonkis, give out trivia for pizza, pizza for trivia um, during those lunch days. Um, and also like the old cafeteria is like wildly different from today's cafeteria. Yeah. It's like a real old high school vibe. And that old gym, Hayes Gymnasium or whatever, I think I've said said this before, but that home gym was definitely a home court advantage, more so than the, the modern day gym that we have. Yeah. And yeah, also Coach Williamson, John, I know we get into this with Coach Cohen a little bit, but would you like to speak to Coach Williamson in those those camp days? Yeah, you know, he uh, he's going to be in my top 10 moments, but, uh, you know, it's always fun. Like as a little kid, you have like nothing to like – you can't really imagine uh, who he is at all and like how he acts and like, you know, you just like love the energy as a little kid um, doing all these like weird drills you could never imagine doing. Uh, like, and then, uh, you know, I think he was just like a guy that every kid could like really connect with, even though he was like kind of different than what you would expect. But I think every kid connected with him and uh, really uh, enjoyed his presence. Yeah, Exactly. I know one memory was um, Coach Cohen. He used to do like these lectures of like he a, a big philosophy of his was perfect practice. The perfect practice. If you spend ten minutes a day doing the perfect practice, that's all you need to do to be a great high school player. Um, but one time I remember he talked to us about how like Coach Williams would always beat him in one on one, and then he'd play that song, "Simply the Best," and he'd jump around the whole gym, the old gym there, 
had that lasting image in my head. And yeah, and then I guess one other matter from the old gym camp days was Bijan hitting a game winner for the championship. He's like a long two. Bijan definitely remembers this, but yeah, I was on his team. It's probably one of the only camp championships I had. I finished second so many times, way way more often than I won. I, I won so many camp championships. Yeah, you seem to win all the time. but No, I remember one year I was terrible, and then I got carried to one of them. But um, uh, yeah, by Cam Ladd in the old in the new. Oh, no, 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 I no, I was like I was fine that one. I was like the second best player, but uh, it was in eighth grade. I was I forgot who carried me, but I was really struggling throughout the week, and um, yeah, I was just like nervous. But uh, yeah, I got carried. I think I won a total of like four or five. So wow, hang the banner. Yeah, camp yeah. championships, John Boyle five. And um, I remember in rec, uh, the best players on our rec team were uh, uh, Anthony and myself. And we were going up against Austin, and then everyone was like, the rumor's like, oh, my God, this kid's unbeatable. Look how good he is. Austin and Tucker, oh, my God. And we ended up beating him and Tucker. I remember because he was actually late to the game, like in the warmest with five minutes left. They're like, oh, my God, Austin Tucker's not here. This is a free win. And then he ended up showing up with like a minute left in the warm-ups, and we're like, oh, God, here we go. Here, here comes a tough game. And uh, we actually beat them. And uh, we ended up going undefeated for two years, Anthony and myself. And, uh, yeah, that was one of my first memories, too. Mm, I re- yeah, I think that game, I don't remember showing up just before tip-off, but it's definitely something that could have happened. Um, I just remember they would always stagger you guys, so one of you would always be in the court. And I remember <laughs> yeah. that being super frustrating for me because it's like, damn, they just have like a really good player on the court at all times. Yeah, what we usually did is we started off, me and him, the first like five minutes, and then we staggered. And then at the end of the game, we uh, came in together again, too. Yeah, that was, yeah. And you wonder why they went undefeated for those two years, apparently. Um, And Sam, worst memory from that, like, I think it was my final ever rec game. We, you know, we force a tie um, at the end. And then Sam Cockstein, this dude, Sam, hits the game-winning hook shot fadeaway three in my mouth off the glass and I go home and I just cry in my room for like half an hour. I couldn't believe it. Uh, speaking of the crying thing, uh, was the seventh grade? Yeah. Seventh grade. We had an amazing travel team. Mm. Like I want to say our seventh grade travel team was kind of like the Salu, like conquer team, but like, you know, we never lost and tournament, you know, we're up by three against, do you remember Matt? Do you remember who it was? I actually, I actually just had a Snapchat memory from this. I actually showed it to Ella, showed it to uh, somebody else as well of me from five years ago. And it was, it was like five, it was five years ago, almost to the day. Yeah. Uh, it, I, it, was a, it, was a, it was like a cringy self of me saying finals bound hashtag. Uh, we want some CC. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember we were up by three against this good team no, we were up by two with like six seconds left. And then um, the kid comes down. Uh, he gets a wide open three. I close out of nowhere and I block it like a clean block. Oh, and they called, oh yeah. yeah. And they called a foul. And I was like, I was so upset. Uh, and oh my God, I was so upset when they called that foul. And like, I was like, I was like, what? And the bar was like, whatever. And like, somehow I knew the kid was going to hit all three free throws. And he did it, and we ended up losing. And, like, we were in seventh grade. We were, like, old. And no matter – even though that, everyone just started bawling their eyes out crying because, like, it was just so, like, 
demoralizing. I don't. Yeah, it was like an out of like conference, I guess, if you will, game, and we knew yeah. they were a good team. They had that kid whose name, like, I think the, the kids on the team called him like Cowboy or something. Yeah, and he thought he was the shit, and he was a pretty good player, but it was tough to lose to him. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and then that set up our seventh grade run. We made it to the finals. And uh, we don't need to rehash what happened, how we lost, but that was also a tough moment. But um, but yeah, um, as you mentioned, yeah, the the Salou days. Even before that, Joey Crow, Joey Crowley, and Blaine. I want to say Gabbert. No, Blaine Taylor. Blaine Taylor. Blaine Gabbert's a quarterback. Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> yeah, Blaine Taylor, nicknamed Diesel. I mean, like they teamed up in those the old gym. I was. There's a playoff game. I don't know. I don't know if John, if you were there, but the final ever game at that gym, I was there for that. It was like a playoff game. They like collapsed the the gym afterwards. Obviously, that school no longer exists. It's been replaced, obviously. Um, and yeah, yeah I remember for that uh, in the old gym, John. I was like really young again, and my dad like set up these me one on one like trainings with a uh, Jonkis. And I, he always would play with me, and he would always like beat me. I would always remember that too. But damn, and yeah, Jonkis. An early memory was I didn't know what six inches was. Um, we like stretch out, and then you know everybody on your back, and everybody would start groaning. Like all the older kids in the camp would start groaning and be like, "No, coach, no." And you'd be like, "All right, lift your feet up six inches and hold." And it. I like nowadays it's it's like fine like it's still kind of tough if you go like a minute or beyond but like back then that that shit sucked balls that was terrible um but yeah 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 and then 2016 team oh yeah the seventh grade team so seventh grade for us the 2016 varsity team of course as John mentioned the Gatorade player of the state Eric Salou also Austin Hoey Aiden Sear Joe Van Grant and Spencer Patinaw uh poor too. David Poor, yes, a sophomore year. Was that sophomore year, David Poor? No, junior year, David Poor. No, that was junior. That was junior. Okay, okay, okay. And Xander. Uh, yeah, that was a great team. And so, yeah, they made it to the state finals along the same timeline of when we made it to the state finals. But I want to share this with the audience just to give some perspective of what CC ball means. So this was in seventh grade. I was in the seventh grade play at Carlisle because it's something that it's like a tradition at Carlisle. Everybody in seventh grade or most people in seventh grade do the seventh grade play. Um, And so the final play performance was going to be that Saturday night of the state championship. So let me share with the audience what I wrote to the play director before the, the game. All right. Okay. Quote. If you ask anyone my grade, they'll tell you that I love the game of basketball. With that in mind, the CC Boys varsity team is playing in the state finals at Springfield College this Saturday at about 6.45 p.m. I've been thinking about this conflict for about a month now, way before the team won four consecutive playoff games to reach the finals, and I can't choose one over the other without feeling guilty. Obviously, for this play, I have worked very hard to try to do my job as well as I can. The main reason I wanted to join the play was because I wanted a great bonding experience with my classmates, a memory that will stick with me for the rest of my life. And I've tried to soak in these few weeks of rehearsal, these weeks of rehearsals and planning to do and planning to as well for the shows as this is the last play I will be a part of. This is true. I have never been a part of a play since then. As for CC basketball, 
As for the CC basketball team, I have some good relationships with some of the players and coaches, and I've interacted with them at camps and clinics for years, as we just mentioned here in the show. You may or may not know of Eric Salou, who lives in Carlisle and went to school here at this school. A little bit of redundancy right there. He became the all-time leading scorer at CC recently. John just mentioned that. Anyways, I can definitely make the performances tomorrow and Friday, so I probably said this on Wednesday, and we'll make the Saturday night show if you tell me to. However, I would slightly prefer to watch the championship game and hopefully not cause a few parts of the performance to look bad in the meantime. In the, in, in the meantime, Historically, the state finals would have been last Saturday, but for whatever reason, they got pushed back a week, con- coincidentally, on the same day as the last performance. I wish they were last week, but life throws everyone curveballs curve unexpectedly, so I got to figure out how to, uh, how to hit this one the best that I can, Austin. So I said this on March 16th, 2016, so almost the five-year anniversary of that. As we mentioned, five-year anniversary of us being the seventh grade state finals as well. So, yeah, I ended up not going to championship. She's, she said no, how to do the play, which sucked. Um, anyway, so, yeah. Wow, I thought, like, the spin zone was you you did go to it, but. No, even though I had, my part in the play was I had zero lines. I was like, I had, like, one key dance next to uh, also a member of the program, Max Topol. Mm. Um, but I had no lines, so I'm like, all right, I have no lines. They can easily patch this in. But, no, she's like, your role is too important to, to the play. I'm like, all right, so. Anyway, we lost a new mission apparently. Um, so that was there. Yeah, real quick, going back to the seventh grade. So uh, number one, that team we lost to was uh, it was Medway, mm. and uh, overall that year we went um, nineteen and seven. Wait, how and did you, do that? you can still look it up on the site. And two of those losses were like uh, tournament games that didn't count. Like, do you know that preseason tournament in um, the Hopkinton tournament? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we went one and two in that. So we really uh, only lost five games. We really went eighteen and five that year. So we were very good. And wow. it's kind of cool, Austin, because if you like go on it, you can see like Bart like comment commenting like on the thing. Like we beat Arlington, for example. This is what Bart said: Austin Barrick and John Boyle each scored twelve points as CC beats Arlington forty-four to thirty-four. Like you can see each one. It's kind of cool. Wait, where are you looking at this? If you go to CCY Basketball. Oh, CC Youth Basketball still updates that? Wow, 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 wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, and remember Alex Gorbatov's dad would always take pictures of us? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember Jim Ciccoloni, uh, which is Anthony's dad, if you, Anthony Ciccoloni's dad, if the viewers that don't know, you probably do know. But um, he had a, Alex Gorbatov, his dad and himself were huge Eagles fans. And he was like, Jim was like, all right. Uh, if the, he, he's like, even though I'm a big guy, if the Eagles beat the Pats, I will do a suicide around the gym. And then the following day, uh, the Eagles do beat the Patriots. And everyone's like shocked. And Jim does the suicide around the gym. That was uh, very funny too, I thought. Damn. I, wow. That totally slipped in my memory. Wow. Um, remember, when, remember when we played that like massive team? So we like we were pretty small. So now that I think about it, massive probably meant they were all like five eleven, um, maybe like six one or two. And this is like seventh or eighth grade, so it's pretty big for that type of a team. And um, and the parents got feisty. The opposing parents got mad at Roe because Roe was like a fiery, like he was like a yeah. controversial player, kind of. Yep, yep. And he always that, he could. Yeah, they thought that Jim Shikaloni was Roe's dad because they were being racist. And so they were like, that's his son, that guy on the bench over there, that's his son instigating. And we got like so fired up off of that. We started playing really hard. I think we ended up losing, but 
that was like a really fun game because Sam, who was like our biggest player, was like the average size of their player. So that was no. we lost. But I, was oh my God, I see. I remember. Okay, so I'm like reading more of it. Uh, John Boyle, 13 points in the first half before I told him he couldn't take any more threes. Sharpshooter John Boyle. Where did that go? Mm. Mm. That? Yeah. I, mean, I, I was good in seventh grade, I remember. Like, we had a really good team. Yeah. And then like in eighth grade, we got eighth grade to prime to cost. No, no, no. Wait, he, like, like, at least for the first tournament, I remember we yeah, had yeah, yeah. athletic no, But that was it. It was the first three games, and then that was done. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Want to skip ahead to four years of high school? Yeah, she, yeah. Maybe we should just go quick for this. All right. So yeah. So freshman year, we got put on the freshman team. Practiced a few times with JV, um, but freshman year was kind of fun for off the court purposes. The Monday afternoon sort of quote unquote study sessions where we just fool around, and then followed up by the Monday afternoon lift sessions in the gym where we wouldn't really lift, but also just kind of mess around. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think we also, went. Yeah, you missed. We played some games too, or actually, did you? I, I know I did. Like I think one. Did. I know you played like several more. Yeah, we. Yeah, I think I played. Yeah, I played a couple. But um, yeah, that was fun. You know, my one. If I my one biggest regret of high school basketball is I wish um, my freshman year I was put with Coach Williamson. That was the only. He, Huge regret. Like, honestly, I think I'd rather have done that than even made the team a year prior, which that was just a big uh, missed opportunity for me, I thought. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I was glad. Uh, yeah, here, you'll see in the top 10 moments, I'll explain more. But, uh, yeah. And also, I should mention this shout out Coach Coy, assistant coach freshman year. He was actually, um, honestly, I know he hyped up everybody, so it might just be like his personality. But I thought freshman year, he was like, kind of the only one who saw my potential he'd be like that's a smooth shot a b or i don't know if no he no he didn't a b me that was Gurley. anthony Gurley popularized a b but coy was coy was a big influence on us and uh he actually was the inspiration to the naming of our fantasy football league the year after coy league all right sophomore year jv ball john you want to get into how you thought you probably should have made varsity um well i don't know you know i Obviously, I wish I made it, you know. Um, I thought there was a couple guys on our team that really deserved it. Uh, at that point, I thought me and Jordan really did deserve it, personally. But I honestly thought Jordan deserved to be a four-year varsity player. I thought if he did, uh, I thought he would have even been – like, he was um, great this year. And I thought he would have just been even more amazing. Um, but, yeah, you know, I it was unlucky. You know, coach didn't coach, new coach, so I get it. Um, and they didn't, he didn't allow swing players that year, which really, uh, was unfortunate, but, um, yeah, you know, I, I think, yeah, I, I, that really, that hurt too, because I was really close with a bunch of the seniors that year with Boone, uh, me, me and Boone were very, very close. He always drove me to the preseason things. Uh, we went to subway and stuff and, uh, I was pretty close with like Mitchell and those people. And obviously, uh, me and like George, are obviously really uh, close and I was still close with him then. And yeah, so I was, uh, you know, it hurt. I couldn't spend that time with all the people I was really close with, but uh, yeah, I still had a good time. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, and our JV season, I don't want to label it dysfunctional, but. No, no, it was. It to was a, dysfunctional. To an extent, it was, wasn't a great season, um, I guess, would be the recap for that. Sophomore season, definitely a forgettable season. 
So this fast forwarders us to junior year. We both make the team. I don't want to get too much into it because I'm saving part of this for uh, my top 10 list, but we both make the team. And um, team goes seven and thirteen. We don't play at all, John. I know you got some garbage time minutes a few times, but um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about that seven and thirteen record. It is what it is. Yeah, I had to pick a preseason. That's the one thing. Mm, yes, mm-hmm. because I, I averaged the second most on the team in the preseason, um, and it was actually close to ten too. And remember, like people are still like come up to me. They're like. Oh, uh, I heard you went off uh, in the pre- uh, like two years ago or like last year in the preseason, and like I don't know. I know Bijan who like follows like basketball closely. He's like, yeah, that's when I think you uh, were the most like dominant out of your entire career. Because I rem- I don't know if you remember this, but like in the girly sessions, like uh, one of the, like a couple of times I literally scored like thirty pro- or like pro- like twenty four twenty five in a scrimmage. And I remember it was like me and Moose because he was the first pick. And then I was like, it went two, three, and I was usually the four. And um, I, I remember I, I was going off like nothing I ever did before. Me and Moose is pick and roll. And I hit a layup. Uh, it was like an one. And I flexed on George. And then George, got, uh, he got super, super mad. He was like, boy, if you ever do that again, I'm going to punch you in the face. And then like uh, the, uh, like both teams were like clapping and it was really competitive. But uh, yeah, you know, I thought I played well in the preseason. Uh, and then obviously in the season, I thought I struggled. But um, I don't know, my mindset wasn't really right during the season. So. No, yeah, I'll back you up with your preseason performances because um, it, it honestly was a situation where it was like, okay, the other team has Devin here for the, for the scrimmages with Gurley. All right, that means the other team has to have John. And so that'll be like the big time matchup at the point guard position. Devin will, because Devin was more of a facilitator. Um, Zach, Devin was actually like the best player to um, play with, like alongside, because anytime you cut, you know you're going to get the ball from him. But you would do the pick and roll with Moose and you'd like score all the time. I don't know why people kept forcing you left, because you'd always, you, you're definitely a better driver left than right. Um, but you definitely did go off a few times there. Um, and yeah, and I guess the real season was a different story, but it is what it is. This all sets up senior season, actually senior off season. We didn't even know who would have a season, obviously with the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, but, uh, senior captain leader, John, obviously you'll hear this with coach Cohen later on, but a great captain, great off season stuff. Um, and, uh, we had the season, the variations, um, not the code variations that is, but the variations of the rules of the game were a lot different, probably more different than it should have been. Like, I don't know why we couldn't do a tip ball. I don't know why we couldn't have done end line out of bounds plays. I don't know why we couldn't have done normal free throw sets. For example, for football, uh, the guys are like, it's contact the entire time. But the captains, all the captains each have to stand six feet apart, like when they do like the toss or whatever. Like makes no sense. Oh yeah, you guys have the cones there for um like the sideline. No one listens to it. And then yeah, it starts off that way. And then as the drive goes, everybody keeps clustering around that like that cluster. Yeah. Where the line of scrimmage is. Cause like you don't you probably don't want to be like that guy who's actually following directions and is off on his own, like away from everybody else's but yeah um but yeah senior season john you become what like one of the top four minute guys on the team play a lot and um i don't know i wish we had the season over because like 
I don't know. I think in this off season, like people viewed me more as like a scorer and uh, because I could, I, I had a, like in the off season, I had a really good mid range shot. Um, and even before the season, I, I could like hit the three better. I think I'm like really streaky because I remember uh, sophomore year, I could not hit a shot the first half of the season. And then the other half, I was like, honestly, I like, I was insane. I remember in the Maroon scrimmage, I hit like six threes in a row. And like, sometimes, I don't know, I like switched to forms. It was because I still had the two-handed shot then, but like, I don't know. And then, yeah, so I wish we uh, had a real season, a full season, because I think I could have definitely scored more. Um, like the right-handed layups, left-handed layups. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I never really f- found my offensive game because I felt like at a place, like sometimes I force stuff and I don't know, but, uh, yeah, I think the big turning point for me personally was, uh, the, when I, right when I got a uh, captain, because I, I really didn't know what was going to happen because, uh, for me personally, it was, uh, like basketball wise, it was a pretty bad junior year. I still like loved the entire team, uh, very close with a bunch of guys on it, but, um, I don't know. I thought it could have either gone two ways. One, like really good with the captain, or it could have gone like I would have been like disappointed, obviously. But uh, yeah, I'm glad uh, that happened, and I think uh, that like I was just I was just so motivated right when the season ended. I was so motivated, and uh, yeah, I was glad. You know, uh, I was able to put in the work uh, with the like we during the. Like I don't know if I should say this, but like during the main pandemic of COVID. Every single day, like me and like 12 of the other guys were out there just playing basketball. Mm-hmm. And we did it for about like 20 days straight or something. Mm-hmm. Like if you take the three months of the summer, you had Al and uh, like really Al and myself um, just like every single day, pit wins, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up. And we, we got a bunch of big, good games a lot of the time. And um, yeah, that was a really good, fun experience too. Yeah. Me, you, Al. Felt like Emerson Park was our second home during those summer months. Yeah, definitely. Like so many times, you know, show up, play with the fellas, you know, your usual suspects around. Sometimes there'd be new people popping in and out, but it would be like a good two hour run. I would bike home. I'd get in my car, roll the window down, put my arm out the window, drive home. It just became like a a routine for us. Um, And and then uh, Moose and Al, the trash talk. Yeah, Moose and I had the trash talk that one time. Um, <laughs> oh my god! That, yeah, which uh, people probably, obviously, the coaches won't know about that. But um, yeah, yeah, definitely a notable experience out of the many notable experience. I don't know. Actually, I feel like there were a lot of notable experiences, but it all sort of smushes together in my memory. But yeah, last summer was nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this season. Um, Actually, I won't spoil it because I have a lot of moments from this season on my top 10 list. But overall, and you'll you'll hear this with the Coach Cohen interview for the listeners. We get into it. Um, but yeah, so I think we should move it along here and announce, go through our all-time CC Ball lineups, uh, like the all-time CC Ball team that we have assembled. If we could choose, if we have a field of anybody from our childhood days till now, Oh, is it childhood to now? Yeah. Oh, okay. I have a power forward here. All right. My original lineup, I had Coach Williamson, but now I will have to take him out. Yeah, because obviously Coach Williamson, but we just don't really know anything Um, prior to like 
2013 or 14. Um, okay. Am I? So let's just. All right, John, you do your starters. I'll do my starters, and then we'll we'll go from there. All right, point guard uh, Jameer. You know, obviously, you see all these guys speak for themselves. Great defender. I think he would really uh, just fit into this five. Uh, shooting guard, uh, you know, obviously I'm going to put this guy on my list. Uh, one of my close friends, uh, Tyler, you know, thousand point scorer, ETC, you know, I think he would really uh, fit in even with this team too, even how good of uh, a score he was. Small forward, Spencer, uh, you know, plays at Denison now. He posts that on his story. Power forward, Hoey. I talked to him numerous times. A great guy. Really funny too. Uh, and also, also new dad, Austin Hoey. Yeah, yeah, Austin. I remember I asked you if you wanted to be like in the. Pre- were you in the interview? We like or like when, we, when the captains talked with him. I remember I asked you if you wanted to be. No, yeah, you asked me, but you said no. Okay, yeah, but really funny guy, nice guy, great guy. And then at center, of course, my opinion, the greatest CC player of all time. Actually, yeah, Eric Salou. I have to put him there. Yeah, so I think we only agree. We agree on three of the five starters. And I wow. I know when we did this exercise, I want to say like three months ago I began this exercise. Or we did it like one night. And you got, you thought it was blasphemous, one of the people I have here. So, Oh my God, I know who it is going to be. It's part of the 2017 team. So my Small forward, forward, I agree. Jameer Henderson, We did, I didn't know his last name when we talked with Coach Cohen, but Jameer Henderson, my point guard, and then the other two overlapping guys, Austin Hoey and Eric Salou, just has to be. They had a great, great one-two punch there, the front court position. And then... You don't have Tyler in the starting five? Oh, I don't. That's blasphemy. My, and my reasoning was, all right, if we have a starting five, and I want guys... To, who have like played together, who like have some cohesion. And so I put Joey Crowley as my two guard for the starting lineup. Um, just cause like that era. Um, and so, yeah. And then my three position, I don't have Spencer. I know he's much, much more talented than the guy I have in my starting lineup, but I figure this, this guy I have is like a classic starter, probably not a finisher, but a classic starter guards your other team's best player, absolutely hounds him, gets gets underneath his jersey, just one of the best defensive players in CZ history, a great like role guy, like knows his knows his job, fills the lanes, great at filling the lanes. Literally like this guy, he's sort of like Clay Thompson the fact that he rarely ever dribbled, but he was effective with like how he scored. And this man's name is Aiden Sear. Am I low biased cuz he's my neighbor? Sure, but it is what it is. Um, so yeah, Aiden Sierra, I think he would mesh well with this lineup. Obviously not as talented as Spencer because, you know, Spencer's playing, you know, college basketball, which is a tough thing to do. Um, but as a starter for this role of Aiden Sierra. Okay. All right. We respectfully disagree, but. All right. Yeah, we'll agree to disagree. All right. Main bench unit. So guys who would like get minutes on your bench. <laughs> okay. So. I had uh, David Poor, senior year, David Poor. He was elite. Um, you know, no one could really guard him. Uh, uh, Crow- Joey Crowley, obviously, you know, another great player. Really good. Um, and then, you know, I thought, you know, really sticking to that seven-man rotation, you know, I thought uh, throw Mulligan in there too. The great three-point shooter. And I think he really does the trick. All right. Well, you just named an eight-man rotation, I think. 
Well, yeah, the, the, yeah, it guy would be Mulligan. All right, I I guess I sort of cheated with that, but I figured on this team there would be ten guys who'd play, and so I also have David Poor as my backup center. Um, obviously, I have Tyler and Spencer from John Starters, who I have as off the bench. I also have Diesel, Lane Taylor. In the front court as well, like imagine a Diesel and David Poor front court off the bench. Like, wow, that's intimidating. And then I don't know why I didn't mention this guy, but I have Joe Van Grant. He'll get minutes on this team. Oh, no, 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 no. he wasn't. I, I just didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Van, wait, ready? You see him at eight. Yeah, you can't see it. Yeah, Joe Van was at eight. Originally was a starter. I was between him and um, Shamir, and I was like, maybe Joe Van, because, you know, I think he would just fit in more with this. The power, the like the power starting five is he's like he didn't really need to get his own, you know, great dis- great defender, great distributor. But um, yeah, I went with Jameer. So you have John Mulligan still in your rotation? No, he's not. Sadly. All right. So the end of the bench, guys. Um, I also have Mulligan, John Mulligan. I also have John from tw- the 2014 team. I don't know his last name. He was the two guard next to Jameer. Um, so for the graphic, we'll just call it 2014 guard next to Jameer, John. Um, ben Ketcher, senior year Ben Ketcher, makes the list here. A healthy Jake Dudley also makes the list. Topher, early di- old Jim with Topher, a.k.a. Chris George. Always a character was Topher, would wear like the one leg sleeve. And then Xander and Josh Boone also rounds out this roster. So. Yeah, see, I was, I was, uh, my end of the bench. I have uh, Xander, a uh, little like Mulligan, as I just said, Xander, Catcher, and Boone as well. Um, you know, I, th- I was actually really close uh, with Xander. Um, you know, he's Evan Mayoni's good friend. That's his best friend, is Xander Krishna. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, he was my camp counselor for like three years, and I always talked to him about basketball and everything. And yeah, so I was always close with him. Uh, I, I see him like every year, talk to him a lot, play with him a good amount. And um, yeah, so it's nice. And then, of course, Boone, as I already explained, I was really close with him. It's one of the big reasons why I wanted to be on the team as a sophomore. Um, and then rounding it out, catcher. Again, another guy I was super close with my freshman year. So uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And to the Boone point, Carlisle basketball days with Mr. Cranston. Um, he was an eighth grader when. Me, Sam, and Roe were in sixth grade. We were the three sixth graders on the team. And Boone was just an absolute god to us. Like, this mm-hmm. guy was invincible. This guy was the fucking man. Uh, I remember before we played Concord, he got us all riled up. I'm not going to say what he said, but basically Concord had a really good player. And Boone said that he would, uh, I guess, I'll rephrase it. He said he would dominate him. And uh, he did. And we won the matchup. And we went on to be undefeated that season. As a Carlisle, Carlisle Huskies with Josh Boone as a senior captain or eighth grade captain, I should say, went undefeated. So that goes to show you how much Josh Boone impacts us. So yeah, um, there's our all-time team. We'll put out the graphic. We'll see if um, we'll see if any of, of these guys. Um, let oh, us yeah, you know. should like tag them. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll see. I remember real quick in eighth grade. Uh, we played Carlisle, and everyone's like, oh, my God, the huge matchup. It was The starting line, lineup was uh, Anthony, who I thought was the best player out of all teams, uh, me, uh, Jordan, Elijah, and like I, I, like B 
Bijan or someone, or they like cycled in the third starter. Imagine Liam. No, Liam didn't start though. But he um, played. Yeah, he played. He played a little bit. Who's the third guy? I don't know. But um, anyway, uh, we played you home first game. You know, we were fully healthy, and we smacked you guys for like twenty five. And I, I was so happy. I was like, oh my god, you know, what a great win. Got to play Austin, Sam, Rowe. And, you know, you guys were talking shit the entire week, how, like, how good you got, were, how, like, Carlisle is better. And then we clapped you guys, and uh, that was a great feeling, personally. All right, so two things there. One, the Concord student section came out for that game and got in my head. They actually rattled oh, yeah? me. Yeah, no, the Concord, yeah, no. Okay, in middle school, here's another thing uh, for the listeners. You know, um, like, we were the worst grade to ever go through that middle school, like, trouble-wise, like, Everyone got in so much trouble, like like very bad things, just so much trouble overall. Some of the things were like funny, but like but um, a lot of things were just like I don't know, I guess bad. And um, so all the students started chirping like uh, the Carlisle team, like Roe Austin. I remember a lot of people were chirping Roe when they said like uh, like Roe range for like no range. And then, like, if Ro, like, everyone knew, like, somehow that, like, if you got in his head, he would get, like, emotional. And, um, you know, yeah. But, yeah, would you like to comment further on them chirping you? Yeah, so it was JR, and I've told JR this. We're cool now. Um, it was JR, and I want to say the O'Rourke's, probably other, yeah. other guys. But they got on um, – they were looking up my Instagram, my, my old Instagram. Most of these – I think all of these are now deleted, but – they they looked up my old Instagram captions and were saying them to me when I was close to them. So I kept, I kept hearing this and I was just – I was so shooketh. I didn't know what to do except suck. I, I think I went 0 for 11 from the field that game. I just sucked. Yeah. It was yeah. terrible. And you guys blasted us. But then I want to say we got our, we got our revenge on you guys. No, okay, but here's the thing. Jordan and – okay, so like Jordan wasn't like that good in eighth grade for some reason. Even though he was like by far the best in ninth grade for our team, um, but yeah, in eighth grade he wasn't that good. He didn't really have like a commitment, but he was still a good player. Like, all right, he, like still, him and Elijah were very good players, and we didn't have both of our big men in that game. And you know, we lost by three. I want to say you guys had uh, Jordan that game. I know that for a fact. No, we didn't. We did not have Jordan. Yes, you did. I know that for a fact. No, no, we didn't have Jordan or Elijah. Nope. Yes, you did have Jordan because Sam blocked his shot. It was like a, it was like a big swat from Sam, and we all got hyped up. Mm-hmm. No, I'm almost- I was wearing my Avery Bradley shirt um, for pregame of that game, and you guys walked in, and I was just like – I was just flexing my Avery Bradley shirt, and I'm like, there's no way we're losing this game. And so Carlisle, Carlisle, the eighth-grade Carlisle team – Beat the Concord team, the mighty Concord team on the rematch at, at Carl. Okay, like you guys should have like okay, technically if you went back and like compared the two, uh the, like the Salu went to Carlisle, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you had Salu, Aiden, like all those guys went to Carlisle. So like going back in history, like I don't know, I feel like Carlisle won most of the time. And it, but we were definitely the better team. Uh yeah, we weren't fully strength. Strength in numbers, and we know we didn't have all of our uh, numbers. So, yeah, it was tough. All right, you guys can say all the excuses you want, but I would say we didn't have a student section for that as you guys benefited from the first meeting. So, anyway, that's probably enough talk on eighth grade school basketball. Let's get to um, 
the final segment here, which is our top 10 favorite moments of CC Ball. Um, hopefully we can like sort of speed by this because I want to wrap this up. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're gonna need you should go 10, 10, 9, 9, 8, 8, all the way to number one, number one. All right, my 10 is back to back Super Bowl pick wins. All right, there it is. Yeah, Coach Cone would also, for the listeners, would um, have the sheet of paper, all these prop bets and predictions, and John won it back to back years. All right, my number 10. Like crazy. I got them like all correct. Yeah, well, yeah. uh, my number 10 was. Junior year, being the only person who beat Al in ping pong at, at Team Olympics. Okay, nice. Yeah, because Al went, Al won the championship. I lost to other people. I was the only. Oh, yeah, I think Al was on my team. Yeah. All right. Uh, number nine, uh, the team game this year. Uh, many member. I always love the team game. I think that's one of the best parts of the like, just like the team, like bonding as a team, um, and you know, many memorable moments. Um, and then, you know, for one of the questions, I guessed Los Burns. And it was really funny uh, when Coach read that out, and I just was looking at Austin's reaction. And, um, yeah, it was just a you know, great time. And yeah, Right, yeah. For the listeners, this is called Team Boulder Dash. Um, it's a tough game to explain, I guess. You're each with, like, a pair. It's, you're in pairs. Um, and you have to think of a question um, that's, like, answerable on a sheet of paper. And so... You ask a question, every pair uh, deliberates, they write down an answer, and then your team that said the question also writes down the answer. So the And then Coach Cohen reads all of the answers, so the right answer is in there somewhere. And so for my question, I, uh, I said, like, what town did I hit my first and only career home run? And John said, Los Burns. And I just lost it. And then, no, but so, yeah, but John was the guy, right, when Coach Cohen, like, had a look at it, it was like Bedford. It's like Bedford, Burlington, Cambridge, Carlisle, Los Burns, like Watertown. It was like, in the, it was it was hilarious. But yeah, it is what it is. Yep, yep, yep. All right, my number nine. Oh yeah, this is gonna be a, a theme here. Boston Latin. I always loved going to Boston Latin. Just a really cool gym, a really cool school. Like the low ceilings, the whole thing. Um, really cool vibe. Um, so my number nine is trying to sneak into the cultural food gathering at Boston Latin sophomore year. I got busted because I remember Max and Roe got in. They got food. Um, so I tried doing that, and they caught me. So, yeah. What did they say to you? They, they said, turn over your hand because you need, like, a stamp. You need, like, a stamp on your hand, and I didn't have a stamp on my hand. So they kicked me out. Sorry. Uh, all right, number eight for me. Was you know I don't know if you're gonna remember this. I thought this was the best game of my career. Uh, well, like for like that level, I should know one of the best. Uh, freshman year, we were playing Wayland, right? And they had a lot of those guards that ended up playing minutes the following year. And we were down by six with like about a minute and fifteen left. And I hit a three, and then we got it. We uh, in the next position, we they missed it. We got it back. I hit another three. Um, we stopped them or no. And then I, I stole it all the way, got it in one. And then the next possession, I stole it all the way, got it in one all in a minute 30. So I had like 10, po- I didn't miss both free throws on the end one, but, uh, you know, 10 points in like a minute there. And we ended up winning. Mm. Was that at Waylon? No, it was home. Oh, I don't remember then. Tough. My number eight freshman year. Um, one of the few highlights for me the first two years of basketball because I was very small and had no confidence myself, and that's a terrible recipe. My number eight was the end of the home game against Acton Boxborough. They had that kid who was number five this year, 
Um, he grew before I did. He hit his growth spurt before I did because we played Mass Elite together for like one mm-hmm. season back in the day. So he was like bigger freshman year than I was. Um, but I blocked a shot, I remember. And then I had like the game-winning free throws. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. Yep. All right, number seven, I have uh, David Bell announcing the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. No, oh my God. I wish we had a season, like a normal season. But I like outside, like... When I played like almost every night and um, I like, I always like would imagine like an entire packed student section and then like they announcing like, um, like my name and then I'm running, doing the handshakes, just the crowds loud. And, um, you know, I, I know a lot of people in the school, so, you know, like for example, at the football game, you know, I don't know if you heard the Boyle chant, but, um, yeah, I, I just that would have been such an amazing experience. But at least we got to hear. I got to hear my name get announced once by Dib Bell. Yeah, everything John just said, I completely agree with. Um, damn, yeah. Like imagine, like you're going through the line, handshake. You do the fist bump to their team's head coach. You look at the student section. You know, pump the chest a little bit. Yeah, that was like, yeah, that's too bad. But yeah, it's a cool moment on senior night. Um, my number seven was junior year tryouts. Getting to talk to Sam Presti. Okay. Um, Presti showed up and Coach Cohen um, had him talk to me before in between drills. And I was like completely shooketh. I like asked him about like losing 3-1 to Golden State. I forgot what he said. But um, I know I, I think I just said the word like wow, wow, like wow, wow, wow. This is Sam Presti. Wow, wow. Like to his face. I was like completely incoherent. Um, I remember you said Tyler Jamel. I was right next to you. It was going to be your like draft pick. Yeah, yeah, I walked up after him, like, yeah, Tyler Jamo is going to be your draft pick in, like, five years or whatever. Yep. Um, and then, you know, now Sam Presley's probably like, this fucking kid again, who gets the email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, your number six. Um, number six is post-game after beating Westford last year. <laughs> I will never forget it. Uh, after we have a huge upset victory, like, everyone's in the locker room. <laughs> And then uh, Coach, if you listen to this, I thought this was like the funniest moment uh, like you've ever done. And uh, you come in with the phone with like the Ghostbusters and you're like, shh. And everyone all of a sudden is so happy after like everyone's screaming because we got that huge win. Everyone's silent. And it's like, dan, dan, like the theme song. And everyone's like, hey. And then Coach started like getting hyped and then everyone started just like screaming. We're like, yeah, hey. And we started like dancing. And we're like, hey, hey. Uh, it was just like, yeah, amazing. It was amazing. Yep, yep, yep. I, I thought about putting that moment down, but I, I guess that would be an honorable mention for me. But yeah, yeah. That, was, that was such a hype moment. Um, all right. My number six, I feel like, John, you probably have this higher up. I wanted to put this higher up, but it came after a loss. So I had to put it only at number six. And this moment is Anthony leading the clapping at the Bolat team following our freshman year loss outside of the locker rooms in that tunnel. Again, this is why I love the Boston Latin gym, the school, the vibe so much. They, you walk down like these, there's like a glass panel outside and you walk down these stairs and then like there's this tunnel, like this small little like homey locker room. And we just lost to Boston Latin, which was like an embarrassing loss. And they, I don't know for whatever reason, but they were in the same tunnel as we were. And so they said something or whatever, and Anthony. Yeah, they were talking shit. Anthony starts chirping them, doing the classic Anthony clap, and just to see Anthony like that hyped up 
just like yeah, so, so high. As you guys don't know, Anthony, he's kind of like Kawhi. He's like, doesn't show his emotions a lot. And he's like, you know, great kid. Everyone likes him. Um, and then he just lost. He was like, yeah. And then like, every, oh my God, even after we lost, just like, it was just a, a kind of like a fight. Just like through the halls between the two teams, and then I remember Gelder was so mad. He's like, <laughs> he's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh my god, that was so funny too. Because after we just lost, and we're like, <laughs> Coach Gelder, another guy I'm very close with, just got got very mad. Hmm. Our top fives. Five is uh, you know, th- this could be higher on my thing, but I uh, decided not to be. Post game senior year home, mm. um, you know, great, great atmosphere, you know, amazing, you know, senior night in front of first game, you know, my dad and mom could watch uh, in person. I know my dad uh, always went to the games and was very loud, and uh, you know, it was great for him to be at one game this year. He was also very loud this year, and uh, yeah, just a great, great experience. Great that we could uh, win on our senior night. But as Coach Cohn said, I think a real senior night was the game, away game against Weston. Yep. I had that post game higher up on my list, so we will get to that later. But, yeah, completely agree. Um, my number five was also my third and final one at Boston Latin. The momentum of the season changing win at Boston Latin junior year, it was – it was January. It was Friday, January seventeenth. I remember because we had just, I just done an English midterm for Todd Sawyer, where I like the essay. I stared blankly at my screen for like forty five minutes, not knowing what to write. It was terrible, um, but eventually clutched up and went to we went to Boston Land on a Friday night. Their student section was so electric, and we they were a better team than us probably, but Devin was just gaming. Alex was gaming. And we just we won the game, and uh, it was just a very hyped high school basketball atmosphere. Just very very cool. So. See, I have like a good memory, so I can remember like each play about like if you ask me about a play, I can remember it. But um, I remember obviously the post game celebration. Mm. Uh, Coach with his red vest, he runs in and he's like, "How like talking about how like the sweat and like tears and everything, how every player is given. And he's like, he's like so hyped, runs up to everyone. Everyone's like rubbing against it, like the sweat on the vest. And uh, yeah, another uh, great moment. Mm-hmm. My number quattro. All right. Uh, I don't know. My number one's kind of bad, but I, okay, this could be in my top one. This could be my number one. But as I uh, illuminated to earlier, uh, the Williamson practices freshman year, uh, uh, when I practiced JV. So I was able to do that once a week. But a lot of the times, even after a two-hour practice, uh, the JV would practice uh, after us. And Williamson always let me practice with them. And I like always just found his practices amazing. I always loved being around him. He always like was pushing me. Uh, he, I, I think his favorites were like kind of me and Roe, but he always pushed me a ton. Uh, and uh, like I said, uh, if, if I talk about the banquet, if my toughness comes up, I'm going to credit it all to him because that's where I think it's from. And uh, I just, you know, growing up, like I said, sixth through eighth grade, I, w- I was looking forward to being in high school, mainly because of uh, Coach Cohen and him. And um, I was glad I was able to spend some time and play some games with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that freshman year, when we were freshmen, the JV team, shout out um, 
Peter French, I remember Williamson used to love anybody who wasn't like big, he'd always call small. And Peter French is like not small, but he called him small. And I was like, wait, what? Um, and then shout out Cliff. Mm. Yeah, Cliff. Um, I remember when we were sophomores, the preseason when we were sophomores, he was like a big influence for me. Like we always talked on like the side hoops between drills and stuff. So yeah, shout out Cliff. Cliff Freyland. Mm. All right, number four for me, pretty simple one, um, making the varsity team junior year. This was – it was a Friday. I didn't think I was going to make the team. That Friday I was just happy to be there um, for the last <laughs> day of tryouts because um, little I, – I didn't realize that they were going to take 20 kids. Obviously, if we had known they were going to take 20 kids, I would have I would have loosened up. But that week, of, that week was the most like stressful I've ever been. Um, absolutely sucked. That whole fall it, sucked because – like I felt like my stock of making the team would rise and fall after every day. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember in the preseason, like I, I was having that really good preseason, so I wasn't worried. And everyone, I was like, you were always like, yeah, John, you're that lock, or everyone was like, yeah, John's the lock to make it. And then um, uh, it was like you were like, yeah, I can't miss anything. I can't. I have to go hard every single play. It's like uh, my stock just goes up and down. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, all like the. All of, like the fringe guys, we got called up to like sit on the bench um, and like wait our turn to go in the closet to like reveal our fate. Do we make the team? Do we not? And um, I was the last person to wait and go into the the closet there. And they told me that I had made it. I just started like crying in front of them because I was like, "Oh my god, did Roe make it? Did Nolan make it?" Um, so I was like crying because Roe didn't make it. Bijan didn't make it because they had like done him dirty, like. I don't want to get into it, but, um, but yeah. And then my locker room. So this was of course pre before COVID when the locker room was still open and for gym two years in a row, I, I had a locker at the way end, like the very last row. Cause you know, I it, like, I just like doing it just like at the end, just like collect my thoughts and stuff. So I was the only person in the locker room after I just found out I made the team and I went back there. I sat on the bench. I like legitimately cried because I was so happy to make it. And because I was so sad that Roe didn't make it. Um, so that was like, that was probably the last time I legitimately cried, cried. Just like, mm-hmm. just really let it all out. But, um, see, you know my story on this, but like, you, you knew that you knew who was going to make it like three days before. Oh, no, 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 no. So, like, I don't know. So, I like the, our freshman and sophomore year, it was so hard to make it, right? And yep. then our junior year, they took 20 people. And then, no, so I was like, I, I was I was happy on what guys made it. I was like really questioning. I was like, wow, like I, I just didn't know what to think, and that was that was my thought. And so uh, personally, I didn't think the twenty people worked really last year, and so I don't know. I just overall, I just didn't think it worked. But this year, you know, I came into the season with that same mindset. I was like, wow, all right, fifteen people max. I think that would be the best. But uh, I do think I think it really did work this year, and I think everyone stepped up. Yep. And we get into that a little bit with Coach Cohen at the end of that interview. Yeah. All right. Top three moments. Three win against Weston away on their senior night. All right. Um, that's also higher up on my list. So we overlap. Your top five co- corresponds with two of my top two because okay. my number three moment is the fourth quarter of the second game against LS senior year. Probably my best quarter like overall quarter of my career, given that I was varsity level. 
And also because like Coach Cohen definitely didn't want to put me in. He's I I, I told you this, John. He stood over me, like looked directly at me, thought about it, considered it, and then like finally like told me to check into the game. I'm like, wow, not really a ringing endorsement there from coach. Um, I go in, I start playing well. I finally make an open layup because I struggled with open layups this season. Um, and uh, yeah, just like honestly a dream come true, like being a part of of the of the guys on the court making a comeback in a fourth quarter game at home on the CC court like that's where like childhood memories were made um even though we had no student section it felt like there are enough there's enough hypeness going around and uh that game also exists on YouTube still on Minuteman Media yeah. Network so you can always pull that up for the rest you of can, time. you can always follow every game every game Frank Breen posts yes Frank Breen so, on his yeah, YouTube yeah, on YouTube, on his YouTube. Oh, nice. So for um, I always thought that uh, the L last was the best game I ever played defensively. I thought I was really good that game. I took a, I took two charges. They only gave me Coach Smith. He only gave me one in the huddle, but I really took two. Um, I, I had like four steals. Um, I had a block. And I had a bunch of assists. Like after, like I slapped the ball away and I threw it to Tyler. Yeah, I thought it was really good defensively that game, but offense. They click like a lot, but um, yeah, you know, yeah, that was a good game. I wish we won, but yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, number two, you know, this oh, this could be number one, but uh, winning CC first playoff game in four years and having what I thought was the best game of my career. Mm. So I remember, I remember before this game, uh, the night uh, Tyler was like posted something on a story. He's like playoff game, let's get or something. And I slid up and I said, they call me playoff Boyle for a reason. And then Austin said, was like, Tyler, no one ever called John that. And then I remember, uh, so I had like 11 points in that second quarter. And I, you know, I watched that game a lot. I've probably watched that game like 10 times, honestly. And, you know, I I just thought I played really good defensively. You know, slow start. um, But, you know, I start off slow a lot. And, you know, it was just a great feeling, a really great feeling to get the first win, playoff point in four years. I really wish we would have played LS because my good friend Adam from LS, uh, you know, he told me that they're like two of their three best players were out anyway. And, he didn't, you know, I know we would have beat them. But, um, yeah, it was just a great experience to get a playoff one. Mm-hmm. But I also I said, I told Tyler, nobody has ever called John that. But I also said I do think he'll rise to the occasion because he is like a knack for like doing that sort of stuff. So don't throw me totally under the bus. Yeah. Um, my number two, John alluded to this earlier, the post game stuff after winning on our senior night, senior year for us. Obviously, uh, when we were juniors, the post game was was a tough scene, but senior night for us was fun because we got to go on the tables and jump down and start jumping around, and that was super hype. That was the only time we did this this year because that was our only home win. We had three home games. We had three home games this year. That's it. And we were able to win that last one on senior night. And then also Coach Cohen's like speech about how like this senior class has like laid the foundation. Like this is like little kids will look up to this sort of game and like build on the program. And I was like, wow, this is like really emotional. So yeah, that was my number two. All right, number ones. All right, number one, you know, this isn't really a moment, but um, being able to start every game, fortunately, and uh, being able to be a captain. For a coach I really looked up to uh, growing up, 
and coming to the game since I was very little. I mean, it was always my dream. Like I said, every single night I played basketball outside from like fifth grade to like till now. I always thought about, you know, playing for our basketball team for the high school varsity and, you know, just being able to wear that jersey. And, you know, it was really a dream come true. Uh, You know, going into this year, I didn't know how it was how it was uh, going to be, especially from last year. Uh, because, uh, you know, the slow start kind of from me, I guess you could say. Um, and yeah, you know, last year was just such a question mark. I didn't know how this year would go because, you know, it was really a lot of great moments last year, but a lot of really uh, bad moments for me as well. But, you know, I, last this year was just all amazing moments. And I was so glad the season went like amazing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, to that point, I feel for the I feel for the Westford seniors who got their season canceled before the season even began, not because of a fault of their own. Obviously, we probably don't know the whole situation. Maybe there's a kid who had an autoimmune disorder at a higher risk or whatever, but probably safe to assume that wasn't the case, and the parents just decided to cancel the season anyway. So that sucks that they aren't to have, they don't get to, you know, have closure to their career. And that was something that I really wanted. I just wanted to have closure to, you know, our career. Yeah, we would have beat you, Westford, also, just for the record. Mm, yep. My number one, John alluded to this already, our first win of the season, winning at Weston on their senior night. Um, they didn't take us seriously. We've been over this before in the program, but they were, like, dunking in the pregame warm-ups. Sawyer was there. Um, we had a great a great game plan on Sawyer, executed it perfectly. A real, a real team win. One of those games where everybody on the team trusts each other so much Mm-hmm. it's just like one of those great road team wins where the trust level is so high and the other team might be more talented than you but because you're playing so well together and you trust each other so much they get in their own head they start forcing the issue and stuff and we honestly dictated the pace of that game and a triumphant victory and also the clo- when the kid clothesline you um, that also added to like the heightened sense of urgency and like the the fuck you mentality like fuck you Weston you ain't, you ain't. Yeah, no, and then we all, we all looked up at his Instagram. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, we're like, fuck you, Del, Del Luchetto or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, you have, have 17,000 fucking followers. You think you're better than us? Like, no, you ain't. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, that was so funny. Um, but yeah, the, and the, like the bus ride back was great. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Another great. Yeah. Fucking Garrett Mueller texted me. Like he like Andre Drummond thoughts. And I'm like, bro, we just want to fucking play off like a, not a, uh, High school basketball game. I'm not talking about fucking Andre Drummond right now, um, but yeah, that was that was a very fun win. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was a great moment. Um, honestly, I could have. I I feel like it could have gone up immediately after it got the clotheslines, but you know, I I thought I had to sell it for the flagrant for the with the personal mm. foul call. <laughs> and so yeah, and you know, really, I think you know that was a good idea because if I didn't do that, you know, I would have would I have to take the free throws. Yeah, I think I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Wasn't it was four free throws, right? No, I don't even know if they called it. Did they even call it a flagrant? No, yeah, they did. They did. They did. Yeah, wasn't it four free throws? I, don't know. I think it was because it was a shooting foul, which was two, and then wasn't it that uh, the flagrant two also? I honestly forget. Two days later, we had five straight foul shots because their coach got a tech. Oh yeah, I remember that. But yeah, I thought it was important. I thought we needed the points, so you know, I stayed down for the extra second, let Tyler shoot it, and yeah. Wow. Thinking, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, should I have actually pushed the kid who closed on you? 
Okay, so here, if that was, let's say you got clotheslined, and that was me, like, if we swipped, first off, I would have, like, went chest to chest with that kid, mm. number five. And then if that kid, if that kid pushed me, I would have went after that kid. I wouldn't have punched him because I, I didn't want to, I wouldn't want to get suspended, but I would have, like, went after him. I definitely would have. Yeah, that, I guess. Yeah, and, I then also, and then Austin posted it on Clean the, our Instagram account. And then everyone's like, come on, Austin, you pussy. Like, you gotta, like, and yeah, that's funny. You gotta fight back. But I, like, I, didn't, I honestly didn't know that 11 pushed me. I, I was just, like, in the flow of it because I wanted to help you up, but I also wanted to confront the guy at the same time. So mm-hmm. I sort of, like, put my hands up at him, said, what the fuck was that? And then the guy pushed me. I didn't realize it because I just, like, hopped over to you. And then yeah. the pointing and, like, the whole thing. But great, great fucking game. That's enough swearing for this. We went way over 30 minutes, I think, for this segment. It is what it is. So, so, yeah, that's CC Ball. That ties a bow in our CC Ball era. I don't know if we're going to come back and be assistant coaches or whatever, but I know, John, you talked about that. But it is what it is. So there's that. And um, we're now going to segue. We're now going to time travel, and the audience now gets to listen to our good 45-minute interview with Coach Cohen. So my first question, this is sort of recent, more recent news. Um, it's pretty simple. How come Tyler wasn't, was not the league MVP? Well, I think that's a really good question. And, uh, you know, we got three guys that all think very highly of Tyler. So I know in our eyes, uh, Tyler was the MVP. And you could, uh, uh, you know, explain it so many different ways. One with, uh, you know, him being such a big part of our success and also the success that we had and, uh, you know, uh, in a traditional sense, best player, I think universally, everybody in the league would agree that he was the best player in the league. So I think it was just a matter of, uh, you know, one us being in the DCL large, which put us in a, a unique position because that's not the coaches that I would normally um, you know, have a meeting like that with, and also the way the year went so few games, um, and so many games against common opponents. So I think in the end, the only reason that he wasn't the MVP, uh, even though he was agreed upon that he was the best player in the league was just that they decided that they were going to give it to uh, a player on the, on the winning team. And so since Newton South won, um, and he was the best player on Newton South, um, you know, the other coaches sort of went that way. I think you could definitely make a case that, uh, that they were co-MVPs. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, that's the way those awards go. Um, and each year it's sort of different versus, uh, best player, best player and best pl- uh, team. Um, but Tyler had a phenomenal year, as you know, and, uh, he certainly in my eyes was the MVP of the league. Um, and I know his teammates' eyes, he was the MVP of the league. And I think uh, hopefully this just serves as a motivation for him, like it served other great athletes uh, uh, as a slight. And it'll just uh, encourage him to work harder um, and the next opportunity that he has like that uh, to not leave it up to uh, other people's hands. Wait, so was it really just as simple as championship game? We cut it to 54-50 and then they go on the 11-0 run if – if we had, you know, not, if that had not happened and we had won that game, would it would it be uh, Tyler's MVP just like that? 
Uh, Tyler would be a unanimous MVP if uh, those uh, couple minutes at the end of the fourth quarter go differently. And you can trace it back to, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, semifinal game of Acton Boxborough versus Newton South, but uh, that player that won the MVP uh, scores the four-point play to send it to overtime. So if he doesn't get fouled in that instance or that shot doesn't go and Newton South's not even the team that we play, um, you could make a case, uh, uh, you know, because Darty wasn't going to play in the game versus us anyway. So you could make a case that uh, Tyler's the MVP, win or lose. But uh, certainly you can make the case that the Newton South uh, player is not MVP if they're not in the finals. Wow. And then I'll, just one last quick thing before I let John ask. I want to, I think I'm allowed to say this because Tyler has publicly said this, that he had COVID. Um, and this, I think, should be a reason for his um, MVP consideration, which is that Acton Boxborough game. I think it was pretty clear that he played with COVID in his system and he still dropped, you know, like 20 points and almost dunked on Doherty the final minute of the game, you know, after playing like the whole game. Um, so I think from almost like a Jordan flu game in Utah perspective, I think Tyler should have, that should have bumped him up even more. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I just have the facts that, all the facts that you could think of uh, for why Tyler would be MVP, uh, all sort of check on, on his side. Uh, you could go back to, you know, winning senior night, you know, on the last play. You could talk about, uh, you know, leading the league, maybe with the highest points per game average of, of anybody in the last decade. Um, you know, uh, I, I think everything that we saw up close uh, you know, is near and dear to our heart. But I truthfully believe there's nothing that could change the vote other than the last four minutes of Newton South going differently. Was like the vote like split or was it like, uh, you probably, you might not like comment on this, but like. Uh, I think that, yes. I think that there were other people that uh, thought the way that I did, um, but it's really the way it works is just, you know, you nominate uh, somebody and you, you sort of lay out the facts of why you believe it. And uh, each person does sort of does that for their candidate. And it was a weird year, uh, you know, in terms of our league, you know, as you guys know, we were put in the DCL large, but each, uh, you know, maybe other than Waltham, but each team had somebody who they thought could have been like an MVP candidate, you know. Uh, even though uh, Darty in the end wasn't there, so he wasn't going to be the MVP. But, you know, Lincoln Sudbury with the kid uh, Dooley, uh, you know, could make that case. Um, and uh, Noon South made the case for their player. But, uh, you know, I, I think in the end, given the year that it was, you know, the way that everybody played and beat up on each other, it was just going to be whoever was standing at the last game. Here, we're going to switch topics a little bit. Um, so my question was, uh, I thought that Coach Catcher was like a big locker room presence for us. Uh, how much of a positive influence do you think he was uh, for our team? You know, having a coach catcher come back, um, and I've said this, you know, I said this to the team, so I, I say it, you know, we've had a lot of uh, players go through our, uh, our program and all have given back in different ways, whether it's at the camp, coming back to play with the kids in the summer. Um, I've had a s former players come back and be assistant coaches, but I really thought that uh, coach catcher, um, you know, also because of his situation, you know, being home from college um, and really looking for something to uh, donate his energy to and his love for the program. But it just worked out, I think, so well um, for the kids involved, for you guys, uh, for the coaching staff. Um, you know, he was there every single day, every hour. Um, you know, he was on every text with the coaches. And, uh, you know, it's important on a team. I always say it to you guys, you know, team being sort of like a living 
living, breathing organism in itself um, to have different contributions from everybody. And so having an extra contribution from somebody who's sort of in between played with the program, played with some of the kids, you know, remember him and Tyler were on the same team. Um, you guys know him well. Um, he's been helpful in the summer league, you know, across the board. So uh, he was a huge part of our success. And the only really disappointment for me was that he wasn't there um, when we had that success. And at the end of the year, because he was a part of it throughout yeah a big thing for me was like when I was a freshman I was like nervous and uh, I he was me and him were like pretty close like throughout we, we used to play at like Concord Academy for like the preseason things like he was always like pushing me there so yeah I thought it was like just a great experience for him to come back and um yeah I was just appreciative of it yeah and it, you know it, it you know high school programs are as you guys know or don't know you know, it's not a lot about funding. You know, there's not a lot of people getting paid. It's really for people who care and uh, want to help kids out. Um, and if they can help a program that they care about out, you know, it's sort of the perfect match. Coach Ketcher um, was our coach for the first few games in the Maroon versus White scrimmage, as was a big, a big sort of energy source for the team this year. Um, so my question was, you know, thinking about it, the upset of how did a lineup of Tyler, Jordan, me, Tucker, and Ash beat the juniors and seniors? This was, of course, with John out with the with the eye injury that Payson gave him. How did that lineup beat the amazing juniors and and, and uh, excuse me, the juniors and sophomores? That, that's a good question. As you know, I was officiating, so we won't blame the officials or or give them too much credit on the outcome. But I think it was uh, a little bit of you guys knew who you were. Um, and everybody sort of did their role and it worked well. Um, you know, obviously if John had played, you know, maybe the, the game had, wouldn't it be as uh, close as it was there at the end, but, you know, having it go uh, to the tilt and, and playing uh, the series to the end um, and having go into overtime, um, I think it really was, uh, you know, just sort of knew who was going to take the shots when and everybody was sort of comfortable with it. Yeah, so like before the year started, when we all went to Emerson, we were all like talking about if like our grade played their grade, like in a best of, out of seven, like who would win and everything. Like we and there's like a bunch of trash talk and everything. And uh, I always said like if we if there like was no season, we just like focused on each other and like adjust to each other. I thought we would have beat them like four one, but uh, I was uh, wondering what if we redid it right now, best out of seven. Who do you think like? would win and like how many games each? Uh, that's a good question. I, I know that I look forward to those games so much. I remember telling uh, Coach Jonkis on the schedule when it looked, I said, if you could just bring in officials and we could play this like a real uh, seven game series, uh, I think everybody would be pretty into it. But, um, you know, so much of it depends uh, a little bit on how those games go. What the mo most amazing thing I thought was, um, you know, sort of no, no matter how big the lead was on the other side, you know, you guys always showed that the ability to come back, it was a little like an NBA game. So uh, in general, in high school and college, you know, when you get up towards 20 points or whatever, um, you know, it's, it's rare where it comes back. Whereas in an NBA game, you can tune in later and still feel like you're going to catch it. There was a little bit like that. You guys sort of let them run, but you never kept them uh, or let them get too far out of your sights. And you sort of always demonstrated the ability to come back. So it was going to go to seven games no matter what. It was going to go to seven games no matter what. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that um, as I was playing in those games, even when we were up, I always knew in the back of my mind, either you were going to make some calls that were like objectively weird or 
Kyle or Cole or like Alex or somebody would just hit some threes and we'd break down on defense and the, the game would somehow be tied or we would have a, like a, a loose ball situation at the end. And so no lead to me was safe and it obviously went down to the, the last seconds there with Liam. So. I just want to tell you, I didn't, but that's, that's good, but I want it on the record. As, as those of you who have all come through the camps and know, officiating is not my uh, forte, and uh, being unbiased is not my forte in terms of, you know, I, I want everybody to do well. But I officiated those games to, my best, uh, to the best of my ability, and I'll stand that there were no calls in either direction uh, to uh, help either person or either team or, or anybody, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, that's a good answer. Um, on a serious note here, um, obviously your big philosophy is like two or three possessions here or there. You know, we're right in the game. So if you could pick one game this season um, that was a close game or maybe not a close game, we just let it get out of hand. What game do you wish the most we could have had two or three possessions back? That's a really good question. I think, uh, you know, in thinking about this year, as you guys know, I always sort of look about look at the year you know, not, not whatever the best outcome is, but sort of what the best of what is possible, you know, and I thought in a lot of ways this year was, uh, you know, went as well as it could given what was possible. And so really there were very few moments this year, you know, normally when you look back in the season and you say, Hey, uh, you know, these five games or something like that for us, I really felt like, um, you know, there were sort of three, did you ask me for one or can I say three? I can say three. You think it's three, then go ahead. Well, I would just say I could just because you know how my mind works. So I would just say that as a game, it was the Lincoln Sudbury game at home on Friday night, um, you know, where we sort of we lost by a, a, a three. And, you know, there was a number of uh, calls and possessions, you know, just one or two that had to go a different way. Uh, and that outcomes clearly swings. Um, but I would also just, you know, the the uh, three-point shots uh, by Darty and Acton, you know, I think that changes the outcome. And, uh, you know, in the championship game of Newton South, I thought, I thought uh, you know, it really, even though it got away in the last couple of minutes, it was sort of uh, three different possessions that changed it. But if I had to pick one, I'm going to go with the Lincoln-Sudbury game, uh, game number four, um, where that game definitely goes the other way, even on, even on a call or two. Yes, yeah, I, I still think of the LS game and, like, the Newton-South game. I, I, I always like till this day, I think about the play right before halftime where I turned it over and they scored. Um, but uh, uh, next question is uh, who do you think was like harder for us to guard between Sawyer and uh, Doherty? Uh, well, in my eyes, uh, you know, the hardest person to guard uh, if he, you know, on any given possession is Sawyer, you know? So I really feel like, you know, I, if we could have had the second game versus Acton Boxborough, we were ready for that game. Um, and I really felt confident about it. You know, when we were watching the game and uh, it was a four point uh, Acton Boxborough lead with four seconds to go, I felt really confident if we were going to play Acton Boxborough in the championship game. Um, so, uh, you know, to me, it's Sawyer, you know, because uh, one, because of the compliment of uh, Jenkins, who makes, I think, them tough to guard because they have that complimentary player, but two, because you know, he can do things both sides, uh, outside, offensively, outside and inside, but also defensively, you know, sort of, he's a, he's a game changer. So I think Sawyer's the, the hardest one. I don't know how you could compare this, but this season's team versus last season's team, 
uh, because obviously you have overlapping players. But who do you think uh, who do you think would win in a theoretical matchup? Well, you know, uh, the, the, those are always tough questions. So, uh, and it's hard to do. It's hard to do that comparison. So it's harder to do the what would happen if this team played that team um, because you know of the overlapping players. You know, I think Tyler obviously and some of the players that played last year are, are better uh, this year. Um, but I would say in general, you know, this year's team would have had uh, would have won more games or had more success given a regular season. So you know, had this team played last year's schedule, uh, this this year's team would have more success. I think it's fair to say that. I agree, John. Um, okay. Yeah, this is, I always thought about this during the season too. If we played, uh, the 2016 team, do you think we would come like within 30 points? That's a pause on my end, just because I'm thinking about the, how the, how the game would go 30 points. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, that team beat teams, you know, by 20 or 30. Um, but again, you know, I, I think that this year's team had, it's so hard to measure. So your, your guys experience, you know, as a coach, you want your kids to have the experience, obviously that they prepared for, for years and everything like that, but you want them to have the experience that you think they're sort of entitled to or would have. So I think this year's team didn't quite get the confidence and sort of understanding of what, how good they could be, you know? So yes, absolutely. You'd become between uh, 20 and 30. Um, But uh, you know, you would be competitive on a lot of different levels. But the hardest thing about that 2016 team was just that they had so many different weapons. And so, uh, you know, it, it, when, you have, when you can focus on one or two or even three players, you're okay. But that team had five, six, even the seven and eight coming off the bench. Um, so uh, that team was going to beat a lot of teams, including our team. But 20 or 30 – Yes, definitely. Yeah, the spread would be the spread would be massive for that game. Um, back to Sawyer real quick. Um, that senior night we had, I was I was legitimately disappointed that he didn't show up, just because um sort of the uh, what goes around a senior night the the excitement going into it. I, I always thought like if there was ever a day I was going to dunk in a game, it would be senior night against against Sawyer. Um, and but, you have no idea how much, like, how many times Austin has mentioned this. Like, in the prior like twelve months, he's always like, like dreamed about this like Sawyer senior night matchup too. No, yeah, like in the fall when like sometimes it'd be like, oh, long day of school, and I just think of Sawyer and I'd go out and dunk. I, that would just w- would motivate me. But um, were you also disappointed, maybe from like a games uh, like a, a game plan perspective when Sawyer didn't show up? Well, I think a couple of things. One, I think, yes, I, I, as you guys know, I love to game plan and I love sort of the out of the box game plans. So the fact that we had a game plan that had proven to work, um, you know, I was looking forward to use that again. Number two is I know how much <laughs> important it was to Austin. And I know I, I've heard it. I followed it. I remember when the article in the Boston Globe came out that he had come back to Weston um, and somebody posted it or whatever. And it could have been like sort of like a down moment, like, hey, now we got to play Weston with Sawyer. And Austin was the only person to sort of was like, yes, now I'm going to get my uh, dream matches. So all those things be, being true, you know, I've always felt about senior night is it's sort of arbitrary. Um, yes, it, it sort of, you know, like put the balloons up and we celebrate the seniors, but it can happen at any time. And I'm convinced that our senior night happened on 
on that Tuesday um, because, as you guys know, Nolan didn't, wasn't even going to play in senior night, so all our seniors played probably played unbelievably to the best of their ability on that Weston game. And so to all intent, uh, intensive, whatever, intended, intensive purposes, Tuesday was our senior night. Austin, you got it. And uh, you were a success on your senior night, even if he didn't show on Friday. Coach, I got to correct you. Wednesday, it was a Wednesday night because we got snowed out that Tuesday. You're but right. You're I- right. It was all, so not only were we coming back from the COVID uh, uh, break, but we also then didn't have practice the day before. Yeah, and we still had a great game plan, the whole thing. Yeah, that was that was definitely my uh, my favorite game of the year. Um, yeah, same with me. That had to be. John, you got, you got next one? Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So uh, throughout high school, like, you know, from, like, freshman to my senior year, I've always, like, looked at these, like, stars on, like, other teams, like Ryan Powers, Sawyer, uh, the, like, Ellen Bogan kid from last year, uh, Kai and 23 from New and South the prior year. Uh, if you could play one of those teams again, who would you play? So the question is, who a uh, team that we played in previous years? Who, which, which game would we want, or which which opponent? Like, like which like star? Like, like would you want to play again? Um. Well, I mean, coming into the year, I would have said the Sawyer because we had no success for so long versus him. You know, you guys remember it was nineteen nothing uh, last year, twenty two to two. So we got that we got that matchup this year. Um, you know, I, I think playing Waltham, you know, and, and power, I, obviously I think he's one of the best, if not the best player that ever played for Waltham. Um, and he was a tremendous, but we were getting closer, you know, uh, in that second game, we lost by 10 points and, uh, you know, they, they went on to the semifinals versus Lynn English last year. So to, I would choose that, uh, matchup to play them, um, you know, uh, to go into that gym, you know, that was sort of the house of horrors where we won by 30 uh, this year in the playoffs and uh, choose that matchup. All right. Here's a question where I know for a fact um, you're not going to answer this how I want you to answer it. Um, <laughs> so obviously you've coached some uh, really good point guards over the years, or at least in um, like John and I's fandom. So out of these four guys, how would you rank them between Joey Crowley um, Jameer, I don't know his last name, and Grant and uh, Tyler Jamo. So you're right in the sense that I'm not going to rank them, but I'm going to go through it. I'm going to tell you the highlights of each one. All right. And then you can pick based on, on what I say, who you think. So uh, we'll start with Tyler because you guys know him best. You know, nobody can score with the ball uh, better than Tyler. Um, you know, he can, he can score. I think there were a couple of games this year where we came off the floor and it looked like he had a sort of a so-so game. And then you check the book and he, and he put up 30. So, uh, you know, confidence with the ball, what he can do with the ball, um, you know, unguardable, maybe one-on-one, uh, you know, sort of Tyler's definitely, definitely up there. You know, uh, I'll go back in, in sort of uh, reverse order. So I'll go to 2016 then with Joe Van Grant. Now you guys know that he's, maybe going to be an NFL player. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, from a physical standpoint, he was so strong, but he had the best court vision um, that I've ever seen, both in transition and otherwise. He could hit somebody on the run, put that pass on their hands anywhere on the court. And he played that whole year, his whole senior year, uh, with a terrible back injury. He never practiced a single day 
but he played in those games all the way to the uh, state championship. And he developed his offensive game. So he then could hit the three-point shot. He could pull up and, and hit the jumpers. But in terms of just pure passing and to be able to control a game, you know, he was obviously an all-time great. Uh, then we go to Joey Crowley, who um, you know, clearly was our best defensive player. Um, but I would say that more off the ball uh, versus on the ball. Joey didn't guard the guy necessarily bringing up the ball. He, we put him on the sort of the star scorer on the shutdown, and he was a great three-point shooter and so tough. You know, Joey used to practice four hours in the day before school, and then he'd go to school, and then he'd go to practice. Um, so nobody, in terms of toughness and desire um, and sort of being able to shut down a score and really view the idea that, you know, if you take away two points from their best player, that's like two points for me. And then lastly is Jameer Henderson, which you guys may or may not have played uh, or seen play in 2014. And he was uh, the best on the ball defender. So we used to uh, run this play called uh, 11, which was his number. And no matter who brought up the ball, he would basically zigzag that kid um, in the backcourt. You know, he was so tough to guard. So he was uh, so, uh, so tough to bring the ball up against. And then he had this incredible three-point shot where he was about four or five feet off the ground. He once hit a half-court three-point shot regular, you know, in proper form off the ground. So he could score, he could play D, um, you know, that, that, that was our first uh, trip to the state championship. So you just named probably four of the top, whatever players in CC history, all in the same position. So I'm not going to rank them, but I'll tell you any one of those, uh, your team's pretty good. I have, um, three follow-ups with that. Um, I remember from well, the- did you like what I said first? Did you like it? Yes. That, was, right. that was a good answer. Um, the Jameer, I remember from the from the 2014 state title game. I have like one lasting image, and it's yeah. I think we were down like 15 or 20. Well, I'll just correct you on that. The lowest, the the most we were ever down, I think, was like 10. Oh, wow. no, no offense, but that, that that you know, as you guys know, I don't forget a, a moment or whatever. So we were down, I think, three at halftime and and five in the five late. So it was a close. It wasn't our best game, but it was close. I'll say this though: I was in that student section or adjacent to it. It was like a blackout. Yeah, and I we were still getting pressed for whatever reason, and the student section was like, "Come on now, you guys have already won the game. Why are you still doing this?" And Jameer, like somebody stole it from Jameer because like a bad inbounds pass. And he just had this look that was like, can anybody else help me here? Um, but anyway, um, and yeah. then with um, Jovan, I remember um, before the games that year, Coach Jonkis would like stretch him out. Um, I just thought that was like a normal thing. But I guess now we, we know that that was a back injury that he didn't even practice. He couldn't even be- – when it started, he couldn't bend over. So, you, you know, he could not even move. Um, all the way up, you know, in, in the, in the, to the state championship. And to this day, you know, he, he's one of the players, you know, who texts and gives me the updates and, you know, he has such fond memories, you know, and, and he was, I mean, he, he did so many things well, and he's such a uh, good person, you know, so all his success is really uh, uh, deserved for his hard work, but also for who he is. Mm-hmm. And then quickly on um, with Joey Crowley, um, I remember at the one of the camp days um we were like choosing teams for the like on those Fridays when you would um like the former players would play against the current players or whatever and um we had just done a big thing about how Joey would go into the Fen gym before school and work out for a while 
and I was captains with a different guy, different kid at the camp, and he heard that whole thing and picked Joey Crowley when Eric Salou was still available. I was just like, wow. So I got Salou there, a second overall pick, even though he's a Gatorade Player of the Year. But anyway, I just thought I should. I remember that. I remember that pick. And uh, but the other thing that I remember is, you know, when you Austin were younger, you know, thinking of uh, the player that reminded me most of Joey when you were younger. What uh, was you? And I think I might have even told you that once or twice. But um, you know, and uh, and did you get an opportunity to work out with him? You did, right? Yeah, yeah. Few, one of the summers. I forget. They all sort of blend together. But yeah. All right. Um, another uh, switching topics here. Um, you know, Coach Williamson was obviously a big part of my life, um, and I've been in touch with him, and I'm actually going to go visit him soon. Uh, what is your favorite memory with him? You know, Coach Williamson is, um, you know, so close, you know, to me, you know, Concord Carlisle basketball and Coach Williamson, you know, it's hard to separate the two. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, growing up, you know, he ran the Concord Rec, and this is before AAU and travel and everything existed. Um, so, uh, you know, Williamson was the guy refing the games and coaching you, and that's when I first met him. And then in, uh, when I got to ninth grade, you know, my parents thought I wasn't tough enough. So they hired Coach Williamson to be sort of my individual coach and to make me tougher. And so I could tell you 10, 15 stories of, of Coach Williamson trying to teach me to be tougher. Um, uh, you know, uh, so he had that impact. And then when I were able to bring him back um, to be part of the program, he got into the Hall of Fame. You know, uh, you know he relived the Coach Hayes uh, memories and and he teach the kids. And what I remember most really is just how much he loved uh, CC basketball and his joy at seeing kids be successful and his joy with the connection uh, with like you, John, I know he's up in New Hampshire, but I know that joy still exists. And you'd see, you know, you guys in the student section when you were younger, we win those big games and you'd see him at the end of the bench pumping his fist, you know, for him, that was, that was oxygen. Um, so you know, he's such a big part of the program still, uh, and he's in my heart always. And uh, we love we love Coach Williamson. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's where I think most of my, like, toughness came from. Like, growing up doing those, like, drills where he, like, roll, uh, rolls the ball out and then, like, two people die for it. And, like, I know you said that was, like, banned, but we did that, like, every single day um, when uh, Austin and I practiced with JV when we were freshmen. And, um, yeah, I, I know, like, Kiki and, like, a lot of people still visit him today, so... Yeah. I mean, he's had an incredible, he has a, a remarkable outlook on life, but he's got a remarkable way of connecting with kids and, and teaching toughness. I mean, uh, some of the stories uh, that I can't share, you know, with him, him uh, you know, pulling me out of bed at 730 uh, out of my bed physically or leaving me in the woods when I would run because, uh, you know, he could beat me 11 nothing. Uh, he could beat me 11 nothing until I was a junior in high school. I couldn't score a point off of him. I know that's hard for to believe because you view him now as older and stuff, but he was the best, the best player. It wasn't even close. And I mean, in terms of toughness, you know, he, to, the ability to teach toughness is a skill. And I don't think anybody teaches that better than he does. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, let's see here. Uh, all right. Yeah. So, John, um, what impressed you? Um, two things here. What impressed you most about John this year? And what do you think he could have improved upon the most? Okay, I'm pausing not because I, I already have my two impressive things, and I've said these to John, but I'm going to say them on the radio. You know, number one, 
and just and it kind of connects to Coach Williamson. So maybe maybe I, I owe this a little bit to Coach Williamson. But John was uh, the toughest player in the league this year. That I firmly believe that, and not just because he sacrificed his body with all those charges and getting his eye cut and uh, being tackled from behind at Weston, but honestly. And uh, I, I made the joke to John the other day that football might even seem uh, his body might thank him for playing football after the basketball season. But he's just remarkably tough. Uh, so that that stands out. And the second is just his leadership in the offseason. You know, uh, it was covid. You know, we, teams and programs grow in the offseason. Uh, you know, the idea that you grow during the season, you know, anybody who's been in high school basketball knows that's not fully true. Um, and so that takes leadership. And John was uh, a leader in the offseason. And for the younger guys and getting the kids together, um, socially distanced or physically distanced, whatever it was, uh, John took it upon himself. And he, he did it in the sort of the in the line of the program in terms of the memory of the program, the memory of Coach Williamson, the memory of the kids that played, you know, getting uh, former captains like Austin Hoey to connect with the kids. So he kept that spirit alive and did that great what what is what could john have improved on is that what that was the question yeah i'm definitely not going to use this against him for the rest of my life but yeah (laughs) john if john had one year left of eligibility uh the only thing he could improve on was his three-point shoot that's what i would say if john if john could hit the three-point shot uh consistently you know that would have opened up his you know more avenue for him to score but again the year was only less than half we played less than half of the season. And so in games uh, seven, eight, nine, or six, seven, eight, nine, or whatever it was, you know, John's offensive game started to come alive. So um, maybe if we had played another 10 games, I wouldn't even have made that comment. Yeah, it was weird because I was like such a good shooter in like seventh grade too. I know I had that like weird form and everything, but like every, everything just like went down from there, like shooting wise. But oh yeah, I also remember I, in our travel basketball, we had like a three point contest and, and like wh- whoever won, like went to like the state, like three point shootout thing. And then I won it. And then like, I, I couldn't go, but I was sick, but like, I don't I don't know how it went from like best on the team to one of the worst. Oh, I, I, but I don't think, I, I, I don't think that it was uh, one of the worst. I just think that as you, yeah, I meant, I meant like for like people that like played. Yeah. But I mean, even like, you know, experience is everything. So if you, if you have a small sample size, you can't, you can't, you just can't tell. You got to take 40, 50 things in a season and then, and then look at your three point percentage. So you just, there was just not enough opportunity for you to get on track, but I, you know, your shot got better as, as you got older. Actually going back to those travel days, honestly, when, when you and the whole varsity team would show up to those games, that was yeah. probably probably more nerve wracking for me than, than it was to guard Sawyer this year. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that too. Cause I remember I was always like so scared. I was like, because I thought I had to play well in front of you and everything. And that, but like that like continued into like sophomore year, junior year. And then like this year I was like, I finally like didn't feel that, but yeah, I think I, I was always like so nervous. Well, that's, you know, that was good feedback you gave uh, this year, you know, as a coach, you don't always know that, you know, I think of myself as uh, someone that nobody, nobody's nervous <laughs> about, but, um, you know, you gave that 
feedback. And I, and I think it's an important lesson to learn because it's hard to play when, when you feel that feeling. Um, but I would just say that, you know, one of the great things about this program has been that you, know, you talked about catcher coming back. You talk about Williamson. It's a special program because of that, because, you know, the high school team has always shown the interest in the camp. They've always shown the interest in going to those travel games. Um, and because that connection exists, it, do, it does not exist everywhere. I tell you, it just doesn't exist everywhere. So it's, it's a special program because of that connection. And, uh, you know, since Austin asked that about me, um, uh, I'll say uh, I thought, you know, I, so from last year to this year, I thought Austin uh, really improved, obviously, and maybe even like the most on the team. Uh, just like overall, like, uh, what do you think about like all the his uh, growth? So your question is just uh, what, what do I th- what do I think about Austin's improvement through the years? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I and again, I feel a little, little weird disclosing some of these things on the radio or your, or your podcast show because some of these things that I, I plan to say at the banquet. But, um, uh, you know, Austin's uh, trajectory, you know, first of all, you have to understand that Austin was injured so many of those years and he lost so much time um, and he battled those for the year. So this was and even he came into this year a little bit. Uh, with his back and everything. So, um, you know, that, that's the backdrop of all his sort of growth. And then you have the sort of the physical, um, uh, physical growth where he sort of uh, developed into an NBA body uh, his senior year. Um, so all those things being true. But Austin's game has always been, as I, you know, when I once compared him to Joey Crowley, his, his skills have always been there. You know, he has the ability to shoot the, the mid-range jumper. Um, he's smart. He's so coachable. You know, anytime as, uh, I'd say something in a timeout, you know, the first possession there, uh, you could always count on Austin, Austin to do that. And, you know, again, if you look at uh, good teams, good teams have uh, players that can do be multidimensional. And Austin definitely has that complete uh, to his game. He added that move this year where he could sort of palm the ball and finish. You know, I saw that in the fall. Um, and so he was just sort of grow his game was evolving into as his body evolved. So um, I always kid Austin if he had one more year, you know, he's a DCL all-star, you know, and uh, I think that was his trajectory. Maybe even if we have a second half of the year and then, you know, I'm not going to give it all away for the banquet, but you know, there's no, there's no better teammate than Austin. So, um, you know, when you, I listen to him talk about teams or I listen to talk about uh, give analysis of, of, other teams, you know, I just hold it to such a high standard because there's no better uh, teammate than Austin. No, nobody who has a more empathic uh, heart as a, as a teammate. So I hope I can say that about Jay, even though it's your own podcast. Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I will say, though, um, with the injury thing, I actually felt this is like weird thinking, but I actually believed it this season that I had built up enough sort of injury karma that I'd be able to cash it in this year be injury free well really i like that i like that i always told you the liam member liam hardacker i told you that you know he, he believed he was going to be six six he went to sleep you know believing he was going to grow or whatever i love what you just said and i hope you can share that with uh evan hadley then because yes exactly when i honestly yeah hadley god i hope that he fixes his bones and stuff but maybe it's just the way it goes. You know, if you had a choice to sort of use up all your injury time at the same time, uh, you know, to sort of clear it out for later, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And speaking of Evan and the future, I guess, um, obviously a lot of guys are returning next year. I think you guys have like nine incoming seniors on the team. 
Um, but could you say that perhaps the most important person returning to the team will be Coach Joseph Van Gelder? If he returns, we have, does he listen? Does he listen to this podcast? I know a lot of people do, but does he? Um, I, I know he has before. Like I've texted him about it before. Yes. Well, anytime we get a coach back, that would be great. If we get Coach Van Gelder back, great. Coach Williamson, they can they can flood back. We will uh, welcome them with open arms. You know, what, what do you guys think about the future? I'd, I'd love to hear you guys. What do you guys think about? I haven't heard that on the podcast about the future. You got me on, but what what are your guys' thoughts? So like, I don't know. I personally, like going into the year, I thought like, wow, maybe we'll take like one or two at most like new kids. He's like, I didn't really think like uh, during like the preseason, uh, anyone really stepped up. And, you know, during the year, I was just completely like surprised how like everyone knew was playing so well. Like guys like uh, Blake, Cole, like Ash, like all those like new guys just like really stepped up, like Kyle. And so, um, yeah, you know, I, I was I was just really surprised. Uh, I was wrong about that, but um, yeah, I think uh, they can definitely. Some of those guys can definitely make an impact next year and in the future. Yeah, before Austin goes, I just I just follow that up. I totally I totally agree with your sort of assessment in the sense of um, I don't think that you could have ever predicted that the guys that we took sort of at the end or guys that we sort of what you would call extra guys could ever have worked out better in terms of. Uh, not only holding their own, but, you know, by the end of the year, sort of not only showing that they belong, but showing that they have potential for the future. And I think that's a testament of, of this team that, you know, that's not a coach thing. That's a, that's a team developing players, um, which can happen. And it happened this year in a, in a very small amount of time. So I'm grateful to the, the team, to the senior group for that. And I agree that, you know, the, the, the numbers, of, of quality, uh, you know, it looks a lot different than it did at the beginning of the year. Austin, you got to go now. Yeah, I completely, with, completely agree with you guys um, because, like, Kyle really impressed me this year. Like, I remember first couple weeks of practice, I'm like, wait, he can, he can finish at the rim now with some contact. And then Ash is, like, now automatic from the wing threes, especially in those drills where you pass it back. Um, and then – Even in the scrimmages, too, he, like – like, like you said earlier, uh, coach, his three-point percentage was probably like 50%. What about Tucker from the corner? Yeah, yeah Tucker. I was going to say, like, Tucker, you know, I give him grief a lot. But honestly, he was definitely a serviceable player in those maroon and white scrimmages for us. Um, who am I forgetting? Yeah, I, um, Blake. I've, actually, I've been high on Blake, I think. He's honestly, like, an insane athlete. Um, yeah, like, especially I in football, too, and he plays baseball. I think Nolan can jump higher than me on the team, and I think Blake can definitely jump higher than me on the team, and of course Tyler as well. But um, but yeah, Blake's an amazing athlete, and honest, his, the litmus test for me is if a guy makes me box him. Like I have to think about boxing him out on a drill, and that was Blake. I'm like, oh, Blake's in here again. I actually get like work to try to get this rebound. Um, and then Cole, John, and I are both really high on Cole. I think. I think he can score 15 points per game in a senior season. Oh, I, I think, uh, you know, that's, uh, first of all, I love your, your uh, insight around having to box a kid out because nobody boxes out anymore anyways. And, uh, you know, Blake, you know, sort of requiring that is a, is a great insight. But, yeah, no, Cole, uh, Cole made a huge uh, leap with his game uh, last year and all the skills are there and the work ethic is there and he's earned the respect of you guys, um, which is you know, that in itself, I, I always as a coach 
really valued the way that uh, a player might impress his teammates or earn their respect as a sign. Um, because a lot of times, sometimes a coach will be high on somebody and you speak to a, uh, a teammate and they're not. And sort of, it's sort of like a warning sign that maybe, you know, you, you're not looking for the whole picture. So uh, I agree. Cole, your endorsement of Cole is a good sign. Yeah. And the, I think Cole probably impressed uh, Jordan. The amount of times like Jordan came to me and said how impressed he was with Cole. And like, I know he's like kind of shy, like around uh, like mostly everyone, but like his inner circle, he like kept on like raving about how good Cole was. And uh, yeah, I think he made a great giant jump this year. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, it's so, even if you go back to 2014 and 2006, and, you know, some of those great years, you know, and uh, you, would you, if you would ask me the year before whether that success would have happened, I don't know that I would have predicted it. And, uh, you know, on the same token, if you would have gone back to last year and asked me, you know, what I thought of this year's team, um, I one would have said, you know, the progression was to take another big step forward. Um, but, you know, you don't know exactly all the things that are going to happen and you don't know injuries and stuff. So it's just so hard to predict what will happen, you know, one year later. But um, the kids, you guys have left a, a, a great legacy. And I think that you guys have set the stage, but it's up to them to really take the next step. And if they don't, um, then it doesn't happen. It, it used to be in high school sports because, it, you know, there was no opportunity to play 40 or 60 games later and there wasn't those strength training. It used to be that you sort of said, you looked around and you said, okay, uh, now uh, we're going to be good because our guys are now the oldest and they've been sort of right there. But now in one year, everything can change. So uh, each year is sort of its own year. Yeah. And obviously like Ben, I'm high on Ben as I think a lot of people are not just like, not just like, his height and stuff, but just the way he, like his instincts for the game, it's like sort of the thing with Liam, how they're both in soccer too, honestly, but like they just, they just make guys on offense, make decisions and do stuff like that. Um, and obviously we know what Alex can do when he shoots confidently, when he's, when no one's not getting in his head and stuff like that. But. Yeah. You got, I mean, yeah, you, obviously like, uh, and you, and John, you said with the football injury and stuff, you know, uh, you know, Ben, Ben going down on uh, day one, um, you know, was, was impactful and, and, you know, he, he's got a, obviously a bright, bright future. All right, I think that concludes our interview here. So, yeah. All right. Hopefully I, hopefully I, I didn't disappoint and uh, you know, to be on with you, I, I, to be a fan of your show and then be on, it feels pretty good. Shout out coach Smith for this idea in the first place. So we should give a shout out to Coach Smith in general because he's got a lot of great ideas and he and he brings so much. But uh, he 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 came up with this one. I wasn't sure about it, so hopefully it worked out. Oh yeah, I wish he was coaching football. That's one thing. But. All right, thank you, Coach. All right, thank you.